This episode, we are going to be covering your sales email sequence, where you are going to really focus on closing the deal. April and I are going to give you six different types of emails that you can write for a sales email campaign. So you can figure out how to connect with your customers and sell. Hero Makers, welcome to the Marketing Made Simple podcast powered by StoryBrand, where we believe your marketing should be easy and it should work. I am your host, Dr. JJ Peterson, and I am joined by my co-host, April Sunshine Hawkins. Hi, JJ. April, did you ever have those fundraisers where you had to like sell things in order to get prizes? Oh, yeah. I wanted <laughs> All the prizes. Yes. They would hold up this like three foot Hershey's candy mm-hmm. bar. And I was like, that's mine. <laughs> that is a hundred percent mine. <laughs> I will knock on so many doors for that gigantic Hershey bar. Yeah. I need it in my life. We had to sell like magazine subscriptions and CDs. And I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, I was really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dis I don't disbelieve you. I believe you 100 <laughs> percent. Yes. And part of it was is that I'm not gonna lie also, I was a cute kid. I was a cute kid. <laughs> and my dad was a pastor at a pretty big church in our town. Uh-huh. And so I remember going up specifically always to this woman in our congregation named Chloe Evans. And I probably sold that woman four or five different Elvis CD box sets. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> every, time, every time I came to her, I was like, oh, Chloe will love. Mm-hmm. I've got another Elvis box set that I can sell her. She's going to love this. <laughs> and she would buy it every single time. I actually grew up believing that I was a really good salesperson. Oh, absolutely. I had the windbreaker and the ticket to SeaWorld to prove it. Yes. <laughs> you were better than me. I got the Hershey bar. <laughs> But I grew up thinking I'm a good salesperson because all these people who loved me and loved my parents just bought whatever I was selling. But the problem was, as I got older, (laughs) didn't quite work the same way. I I lost a little bit of my cuteness, just a little, (laughs) just a little bit. And I didn't quite have that community around me who was just going to support anything I did. I think a lot of people deal with this problem as they get into a place where they have to sell things, right? Like maybe when you start out, if you started out with an Etsy store, right? Somebody gets a new idea to build something new. And first you hit all of your friends. Absolutely. And all of your friends buy whatever you're making. You know, you made the knit caps that are beautiful for winter and all of your friends buy them. And you're like, great, I can build a business out of this. And now you actually have to go sell it to people who don't have a relationship with you. And it becomes a little bit more complicated and you realize, oh, this is not as easy as just selling to my friends who want to support me and who love this and have an emotional connection to my product. You actually have to build out a sales funnel and you have to ultimately build relationship and then you can actually sell your products to people who don't know you at all. That's right, because you're welcoming them into a story and into a relationship with you. You are playing the guide. They get to be the hero in the story. And because of that, they're going, okay, I actually am interested in this. You know, I'm curious about it first, then I'm being enlightened, and then I'm ready to actually commit. And that involves a relationship. 
So in this series, we've been covering the Marketing Made Simple Sales Funnel. And the Marketing Made Simple Sales Funnel is made up of five essential pieces of marketing you need to connect with your customers and grow your business. They include your one-liner, website, lead generator, nurture emails, and sales emails. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, your sales emails. And so far in this sales funnel, we've been helping your customer become curious about your product. We've been enlightening them on the problems you solve and how you solve it. But we are now at the point where we are going to ask for a commitment. That's what sales funnel emails do. Sales emails ask for the purchase. In this episode, we are going to be covering your sales email sequence where you are going to ask for the commitment. So up to this point, you've been building curiosity around your product with the one-liner and the website. Then you continued to enlighten people through the website and the lead generator and nurture emails. And now you're going to ask for the commitment. That's right. So in your business, you've been collecting emails from that lead generator And now you have a relationship. You've been emailing them through your nurture series, but you have something specific that you want to sell them, a specific product or service. And it's time to let them know, hey, you need to act. You need to act now. And that's where a sales email comes into play. And all of the other pieces really are about getting people to understand what problem you solve and you're adding value, you're building trust, but the sales campaign really focuses on closing the deal. And creating an email sales campaign is your opportunity to share the full story of how your product is going to solve your customers' problems and actually ask them to buy it, (laughs) right? This is the moment you give them something to accept or reject. So an email sales campaign is not about being shy. (laughs) It's about challenging your customers to take a step in solving their problems today right? You're going for that sale today. So April and I are going to give you six different types of emails that you can write for a sales email campaign. Now, before we get started, the biggest question I get asked every time I start talking about sending out email campaigns is how many emails should I send (laughs) and how often should I send them? Let me just start this whole process out by alleviating any stress you have about this. There is no specific answer to it. You can send a few emails in a short amount of time, or you can send a lot of emails or over a longer period of time. You have to figure out what your audience is used to. If you've never emailed them before, then don't send them 10 emails in two weeks. Start out with a few emails. If your sales process is a longer sales process, then you actually want to spread the emails out over a couple months. If your sales process is short, you're selling a pair of shoes that somebody wants to buy tomorrow, then you probably need to send a few more emails in a shorter period of time. You really just want to test your market. If you've not done this before, you want to start the process of writing some emails, getting them out there. If you already have a sales email campaign, then the tips that we're gonna give you today are actually going to help you refine that and make it even stronger. No, you can repeat those at different times. You can use one type over and over again. You get to be creative with this and figure out how to connect with your customers, invite them into relationship and sell. I can hear the collective exhale of all of our hero makers around the world. (laughs) They're all going, oh, thank you, JJ. (laughs) Thank you for giving me permission 
to make this work based on my own business model, my own sales cycle, and figuring things out. Remember, everyone, the main thing that you need to do is to act. Just start, write, then you can continue to refine. But if you don't have a sales email series, this this is what you need to do first. The second question I get asked a lot about emails is, do they work? Do they still work? Because with the rise of social media and targeting ads on Facebook and with Google, is email still effective, especially with a younger generation who may not be using email as much? The research actually shows that emails are still incredibly effective. In fact, they're the most effective. What you want to use social media to do is to get email addresses and get engagement so you can follow up with emails. So this is not a substitute for your targeting ads or your social media content. Use your social media content and targeted ads to get email addresses so you can follow up. So do emails still work? Yes, they do. And emails are something that you own. Social media these days, I mean, I know of people who their social media accounts get shut down and then they cannot contact their huge following, which is basically the same as a an email list, but it lives on a social media platform that somebody else owns. When you have someone's email address, you have direct contact with them and nobody can take that away from you. So the big takeaway here is you need a sales email campaign. And so we're going to teach you how to create that. So like I mentioned, there are really six types of emails that we want you to focus on in your sales email campaign. So the first email in your sales email series is the deliver the asset email. So you've started a relationship with somebody by saying, hey, you should download this free video series, this coupon, whatever your lead generator is, you've put it out there. And then somebody said, yeah, I'm curious about what they've got. I'll give them my email address. And so now it's time to deliver that asset and start the relationship. Yes. And you want to keep this short. This is not something where you write a whole bunch of stuff. It's basically, how do you use what we just gave you? That's it. And then at the end of it, you might say, buy now or come into the store, give them a call to action. But the main purpose of this is just to welcome them, deliver the value, and then show them how to use the value that you've given them. So what to do with the PDF, what to do with the coupon, and then give a short call to action at the end. That's really the first one. The second type of email you want to send is called problem solution. So the second email might come a day or two after the first one. And you want to start by identifying the problem that your product solves. That's it. And you can do that by asking questions. You can say, are you struggling with this? Are you worried about this? But first start out the email just by acknowledging the problem that your customer is experiencing and give a little bit of empathy. Say, we understand. And then from there, talk about your solution. So introduce your product or service as the solution that is going to resolve that pain point. So while you're definitely selling the product at this point, they may still not be ready to place an order. Often it's the fourth or fifth contact that you have with them that really closes the deal. But the point of this email is really to identify the problem, kind of hook that customer and have them say, yes, this is a problem I'm experiencing, and then offer your product as the solution. So the third email in your series is a really powerful one. 
It's the customer testimonial email. And my goodness gracious, there are so many people who are moved by hearing that it worked for somebody else. So whenever you're crafting your customer testimonial emails, guess what? You can use the same formula that we taught you earlier to create a one-liner. Basically, you are setting up the problem that the customer is experiencing. You want to use their words. How does your customer explain what was happening to them before they used your product or service? What problem were they experiencing? Then have the customer explain what is the solution? What is the thing that you did for them that actually helped them with that problem? And then have them paint what does their life look like now? When you use the words of your own customers, people can really see themselves so much more in the story. This is one of my favorite emails. I love this because you get to show off the success that your customers have had. And really, this is one of the first places that people really buy in, right? They've they've entered into the story, but now they're really bought in because they see some social proof that it helped somebody else. The fourth type of email that you want to create is called overcome an objection. And what this really is about is imagining if your customer was coming to you, what is the number one reason why they are not going to buy from you? What's that number one reason? Is it because it's too expensive? Is it because it takes too much time to engage? It's too complicated? Something in that space. What is the number one reason why people are not buying from you? And then you just want to write an email acknowledging that that is something people are thinking about and worrying about. And then you want to overcome that objection. So if the idea is that they think your product is too expensive, they may never articulate that out loud, but you know they're thinking that this is too expensive. So you acknowledge that this is a big investment, and then you talk about how the value that they will get from this product is going to outshine and give a huge return on their investment. Only overcome one objection per email. Keep it tight, keep it short, keep it specific, and that keeps the story clear and doesn't complicate everything. When brands do that, they're really acknowledging what they already know their customer is thinking. And instead of skirting around the issue and trying to avoid it, just going head on and addressing it for people helps remove that resistance and get it out of the way so that they are ready for the purchase. Oh, I love this. I hope that you all are already pulling up a blank page to get your emails crafted because now it's time to talk about the paradigm shift email. A paradigm shift helps your customer go from, I used to think this, and now I think this way. It helps move them forward to be able to take action. So they're no longer going, oh, I've tried that before and it hasn't worked in the past, to now going, okay, yeah, this, I think this could work for me. So in marketing and for us at StoryBrand, a big paradigm shift that we help people understand is that they should not play the hero in their story. Their customers should play the hero in the story. And when people hear that, and you've heard this on the podcast, 
people get excited about marketing again and they it actually helps them move forward in their own story and create great marketing that welcomes somebody into a story and that's what makes it work. Like if you're a weight loss company, you may start out by saying most diets fail. We've all been there. We've struggled with weight loss. We've yo-yo diet and most diets don't work. But and then give the paradigm shift, right? So you're acknowledging that the way things used to be was not okay. And the way things, other products, the way other products works is not okay. So you acknowledge it and go, that's how, that's the old way of thinking. And then you say, but, and then you begin to say, that's not the right way to look at it. And you help people make that paradigm shift. The last email in the sales sequence is called the sales email. That's right. This is where you are going to sell. You do not want your customer thinking about anything other than whether to accept or reject your offer. So this is a great time to bring up a limited time offer. Is the opportunity going to expire? Is there a bonus that comes with the offer? You can even add this into a PS at the end of your email just to remind them, hey, this thing is going away quickly. The way you want to set up a sales email is pretty simple. You want it to be tight. You want it to be clear. So focus on one product, one service. Make that really, really clear. What is your customer going to get when they buy from you? Next, identify the problem that the product solves. So you need to talk about the problem again. We've said this over and over throughout all the pieces of the sales funnel is you need to talk about your customer's problem. You need to do that again in the sales email. So identify the product, talk about the problem it solves, and then repeat the call to action over and over and over again. So just even acknowledging like, hey, we know you've been looking for a garden hose. By now. <laughs> the problem with most garden hoses is they freeze during the winter. Talk about that a little bit more and then give a button that says buy now and then give a limited time offer. If you buy in the next 24 hours, you're going to get two for one. Buy now. You know, just say it over and over again. You're going to think that you're calling them to action too much, that you're being pushy. You're not. At this point, if they've gone through your sales funnel, and opened the emails, and they get to this point, this is the moment to be a little bit aggressive with the sale. And I don't mean be overbearing or rude. It's just, nope, this is your opportunity, and you're going to miss out if you don't get it. So those are really the six different types of emails you can write in a sales email sequence. Deliver the asset, problem solution, customer testimonial, overcome objection, paradigm shift, and the sales email. And like I said at the beginning of this, you could send two of these, you could send 20 of these. Sometimes I create sales email sequences that are just a series of overcome objection emails. I might send five, identify the five objections that a customer has and overcome them in five emails. So obviously, the deliver the assets, the beginning, at the end, you have the sales email, but in between, you can mix it up a little bit, add a couple of paradigm shift emails or a couple of testimonial emails. You may send six in two weeks, or you may send 12 in two weeks. The more expensive your product is, the longer you want to stretch those emails out, because typically the more expensive your product is, the longer the sales cycle is. So spread those emails out a little bit. 
the less expensive your product is and the more immediate buying that your customer will do, you want to send more in a shorter period of time. So the best way for you to see how this works and know how to write your own sales email is to hear somebody read their sales email out loud. And JJ, you you got this sales email conversation with one of our StoryBrand certified guides, Kelly Hartnett. And of course, StoryBrand certified guides are the best marketers in the world, and they will help your business clarify its message using the story brand framework. What what came out of that conversation with Kelly? Kelly is an amazing writer, first off. We love her. She is such an amazing marketer. And she worked through a sales email, and we talked about how it hits every part of the story brand framework and then breaks down how each piece works to captivate the reader and how you can write a great sales email for your business. And we actually have this for you. Head to storybrand.com slash sales email to download Kelly's email so you can follow along during this conversation. Kelly, it is always so wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Oh my gosh, it's my total pleasure. Thanks for having me, JJ. Um, We wanted to talk to you today because we're talking about writing sales emails. And you wrote a great one for a company, parentteam.com. It's basically, it's they do online courses for parents who are going through divorce to really help them protect the kids. And, and it's amazing. After reading your email, I was like, oh, I, I'm sending this to people. But that's parentteam.com. And what I want to do is I want to read this sales email that just goes through the whole framework. And for our savvy listeners, you are going to be able to pick up the pieces of the story brand framework in this email. Sounds great. Let's do it. So it says, hello, JJ. Children do best when their world is predictable. And there's a whole lot about restructuring and transitioning to two homes that's just not new routines, new schedules, new rules, new relationship dynamics, new expectations, new environments, new stuff. All of it can be confusing and destabilizing. And when kids' parents are constantly arguing about all of it, it takes an even greater emotional toll. It doesn't have to be that way for your family. Our Parenting from Two Homes course will help you and your co-parent get on the same team so you can focus on your kids without putting them in the middle. We know you're processing a lot these days, emotionally, mentally, and even financially. So the idea of adding even one more thing to your list may feel overwhelming. That's why we've divided the course into six modules with a total of 32 short videos. Watch them anywhere, anytime, and at your own pace. The content is based on our work with hundreds of families like yours and covers topics like, and then you list a bunch of all the topics you cover. We've been so honored to come alongside families navigating the transition from one home to two, and we love hearing success stories like Kyle's. Kyle says, what we've learned helped my family navigate a difficult new dynamic. We now have the tools to move on, heal, and be happy. We want that for you too. That's why for a limited time, you can purchase parenting from two homes for just $99. This introductory price includes, and then you'd list bullet points of everything it includes, And you say, when you apply what you learn from parenting from two homes, you'll see a dramatic improvement in your parent-to-parent relationship, which is what your kids need most from you right now. Stop worrying about your kids and know they're going to be okay. 
P.S. Our introductory price is of $99, won't be around forever, and neither will the bonus parenting plan guide. Get started today. So, Kelly, what you did is you started out with the problem that these parents are experiencing. You started out with the external problem and the internal problem. So you talked about the external problem. You say there's a whole lot about restructuring and transitioning to two homes. But, and then you just kind of named a whole bunch of stuff, new routines, new schedules, new rules, new relationship dynamics. And then you said you went into the internal problem and said all of it can be confusing and destabilizing. Now, why did you choose to start this email with the problem? Well, more than anything, you know, the parents who are receiving this email, they already know this. Yes. They know that all of this is going on in their lives. What I want them to know is that parent team also knows it and yeah. recognizes it and empathizes with it. Beyond that, though, if we if I were to start this email with, hey, we have this great online course for you, their parents are going to check out because they don't know what problem that course is solving. Yeah. So yeah. as you've talked about before, that that problem section of the brand script is so critical because that's what hooks people in yes. to want to read more. When yes. we stop talking about the problem, people stop listening to what we're saying. Exactly. So we, want, we always want to start by talking about the problem that our service solves. Yeah, because that gets people into the story. They say, that's my story, right? So listener, when you're getting ready to write your sales email and use the entire framework, what you want to do is start with the problem. Name it because they already know it's their problem. But when you name it, it's exactly like Kelly said, it invites them into the story and says, we know it too. And if you notice, I gave very specific examples because yes. I want to make sure that people see themselves in this email. And these are parents who are likely in high conflict with one another. So when they read new rules. They're thinking, oh my gosh, that's right. That jerk that I'm divorcing has all these new <laughs> rules that I don't agree with. Yeah. And then they find out that this course is going to help them solve that. I love that. That's such a good tip for our listener because it's, you know, name the specific problem. And then you kind of amp up the language. You amp up the problem, kind of make it worse by talking about the internal problem. You say all of it can be confusing and destabilizing. Yeah. And that's because we don't typically make decisions, rational decisions based on fact. We base them on emotions that we feel. Um, like you said before, we, we strive to solve emotional problems in our lives, not external problems. We don't yeah. care that our grass is too long. We care that we're embarrassed by it. Like We just don't want our kids to feel that way. And we need something that's going to solve that. Yeah. And both of those things, starting out an email with the external and then internal problem are so key because it hooks the audience and says, this is my story. And then you kind of close this section out with a philosophical statement. You say, it doesn't have to be this way for your family. And why did you choose to use that kind of language of this? It doesn't have to be this way. Well, in this particular case, JJ, a lot of people have the idea that if your family goes through a divorce or restructure, they are broken. And mm. we want to change that narrative. We want to say, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be that way. There is something you can do to resolve this in your family. I love that. I love that so much because it just says we're on your side. So by saying that philosophical statement of it doesn't have to be this way or you deserve or you should be able to using a statement like that tells people like the world can be better, especially if you engage with this project or service and we get it. We're on your side, which leads you right into the guide section of the email. You say, we know you're processing a lot these days, giving some empathy there. 
And then you go into some authority of like, that's why we've done this, right? So that's why we've created this plan that covers all the topics. And then you go through the whole plan, what the plan is, what is in there, and you sprinkle in some authority after the plan. You add a testimony, right? And you just say, you have Kyle M. give a little bit of testimony there. And it's a short testimony. So why specifically did you choose this type of testimony for your email? Well, I think I was more than anything, I was just wanting to give people a snapshot of how much better their life could be. But I didn't want to, I didn't want parenting to say it. I wanted them to hear it from somebody who's actually taken the course and benefited from the learning. Um, and I think a lot of these parents are stuck in the space of, oh, you don't understand how bad it is in my family. There's no way this is going to work for us. So by having even just a short snippet of this, this idea, and I, I think this particular one is so succinct and it gives you both the problem. We have this difficult new dynamic, the solution, we have these tools, and now we have the success that we're moving on, we're healing, and we're happy. So in those two short sentences, like you don't need to go on and on and on and on. Nobody's going to read a four paragraph tome on your yeah. life, yeah. but two sentences that talk about the problem, the solution, and the success lights out. People will eat that up. Oh my gosh, Kelly, that, that I hope everybody was just paying attention to what Kelly just said, because this will change the way that you put testimonies on your website and in an email is look for a testimony that gives some authority outside. So you as a company don't have to say it, right? So let somebody else say it and then look for a testimony that encompasses those three levels of the story problem solution and success. Then you go into a little bit more of kind of your plan of what it involves and you close out with an amazing paragraph that includes the success they're going to have. So you're casting a vision for what life can be. And then you're also talking about the pain that they're going to avoid. So you say, when you apply what you learn from parenting from two homes, you'll see a dynamic improvement in your parent-to-parent -parent relationship, which is what your kids need most from you right now. Stop worrying about your kids and know they're going to be okay. So you've got the success of when you apply it, you're going to see a dramatic improvement in your relationship and your kids are going to be great. And then you're going to say, stop worrying. If you don't do this, you're going to continue to worry and you're going to wonder if they're going to be okay. I love that as closing this out. Yeah. And when we did the messaging for this particular company, I worked with Kyler Creative on this. And when we had these conversations, we kept saying, what do, you, what do these parents want? And over and over and over again, they just want to know their kids are going to be okay. They're yeah. so worried about it. They just want them to be okay. And so we made sure to wrap that up as kind of the final hook in the sales email. That's a great tip for listeners because you want to ask the question, what does successful life look like after they've used our product or service? So if you can ask that question and and you did and you said, what do parents want? Essentially, what's the most successful thing? And they want to know their kids are going to be okay. Then cast the vision in your writing of that the kids are going to be okay. Cast the vision of success when it's over. I love that as closing out the email. And then you did one more genius thing. You put a PS at the end of the email. So you already went through the full story. We have problem, external and inter internal, philosophical, guide, plan, authority, success, failure. And then you put a PS at the end, which is genius. That was a limited time offer. Why did you add this PS at the end of the email? 
Well, sometimes people need a little bit of a push to make a decision. And I don't mean that in a manipulative way. I want like these this company genuinely wants to help people just like I know all of our listeners do. Yeah. They have a product or service that solves a problem. They are doing people good. They're trying to make their lives better. And sometimes, particularly when people are feeling a little overwhelmed with their lives, it takes them, they just need a little nudge. Yeah. And so to create urgency, to help them kind of go over the edge there in a good way, we wanted to offer them just a bit of an incentive and we wanted to make it limited time so that they would do it now that they wouldn't wait another week. And it's okay. Again, we're not trying to be manipulative. In this particular case, if they're not ready to buy, we'll follow up with a nurture email series to keep in contact with them, remind them that we're here. But in this particular case, we thought, gosh, if we just offer them a little bit of a discount, they might be more likely to act sooner. So that's why we did that. I love that because that is the truth is that a lot of people are nervous about sending sales emails because they don't want to come across as pushy. And you are you are challenging our listener right now to really step up and say, if I have a solution to a problem, then it's actually my responsibility to call people to action and ask for that sale. These people have given you their email addresses. They're saying, how can you help me? Show me how you can help me. It really is your responsibility to say, this is how I can help you. You're not being pushy. They can always hit the unsubscribe button. And if they do, that's okay because they're not your customer then. It's really okay. But in the meantime, reminding them of how much you can help them is really the kind thing to do. You're not being salesy. You're being helpful. Kelly, on behalf of the business owners who are listening right now to this, I want to say thank you for making them a lot more money. Oh, you're <laughs> so welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> if they follow this, they, they will. They will make more money. No question. Yeah, Lee, she's so good. She is so good. And if you are stuck trying to figure out how to create a sales email campaign, you can hire a StoryBrand certified guide like Kelly Hartnett. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com to hire a guide that will show you how to clarify your message and create marketing that works. Well, Hero Makers, it's time to apply everything you learned with this week's actionable step, a practical step from today's conversation you can immediately use to shape your marketing and clarify your message. First, open up your Marketing Made Simple sales funnel plan, your tool to keep track of the sales funnel you're creating for your business. If you haven't downloaded yours yet, go to marketingmadesimple.com and click download the sales funnel plan to start yours. And here's what you're going to do. Go to the section that says sales email campaign. In that section, we have given you space to create all the different types of emails that we talked about today. I want you to create a subject line for each email that you're going to write. So for the delivery asset, for problem solution, paradigm shift, testimonial, I want you to come up with a clear subject line that will get your customer to open this email. Then I want you to write a rough draft of each of the different types of emails. Start with the delivery asset email. Keep it short, keep it welcoming, and tell them how to use the lead generator you just sent them. Then I want you to actually create a problem solution email. Identify the problem that your product solves and then talk about that product as a solution to their problem. Create a testimonial email where a customer talks about their problem, how you solved their problem, and what their life is like after. 
Then create and overcome an objection email. Just identify the number one reason why people would not buy your product or service, and then talk about your product or service in a way that overcomes that objection. Then create a paradigm shift email. In the paradigm shift email, all you're looking for is to say something along the lines of, you used to think this way, but I want to introduce you to a new concept. Help them make a paradigm shift in their mind about your product so that they know it works differently than how they used to think. And then finally, write that sales email. Be bold. Be strong with your calls to action. Call your customer to action and get them to buy your product. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid in this section to be strong. You've invited them into a relationship. You've positioned yourself as their guide who is going to help them overcome their problem. And you've cast a vision for what life can be like after they buy your product or service. Being clear and being bold in your calls to action is a gift to your customer. And if you are not strong with your calls to action, you are saying you do not believe your product is worth it. So if you believe that your product will solve their problems, then you need to call them to action. This is all about giving value to your customer. You are making them the hero. That's why we call you Hero Makers. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Marketing Made Simple. Thank you so much for listening and believing like us that your marketing should be easy and it should work. Follow Marketing Made Simple wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to rate and review the show, letting us know how these tips are clarifying your message and growing your business. We'll see you next week. Hey, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me. Go.